0: 25 dollars each visit livenation.com/ concert week to buy now that's livenation.com/ concert week to buy now
1: the best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking when we're not hundred percent sure yet what to write
3: hopefully having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view that's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor.
1: And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu.
3: Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. When you think about
0: the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So, why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm J.B. Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcasts. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig with details.
1: From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now. Or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. A production of iHeartRadio.
0: Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. My name is
1: Noel. They call me Ben. We're joined, as always, with our super producer, Alexis, codename Doc Holiday Jackson. Most importantly, you are you. You are here. And that makes this stuff they don't want you to know. Uh, for several folks in the audience today, you're here in a very real way, because this is our weekly listener mail. Uh, behind the scenes... Every week, uh, sometimes over the weekend, Matt, Noel, and I take a survey of all the amazing, sometimes frightening correspondence we have received from you, either through our phone number, one eight three three 833 std wytk through our email, Conspiracy at iHeartRadio, or through the various other ways that you can reach out to us as a show or as individuals. We mix this with great care. We stir it in a cauldron of concepts. We add a little bit of perspective Perspective. We take some tangents and throw them in the mix for a little bit of chef kiss umami. And that's what we end up bringing you every week. And that's what we're bringing you today. Our listener mail is going to, uh, we're going to have some surprises for you. There's one, in fact, that uh, (laughs) uh, there may be an imposter in the capital of the United States uh, Matt was a, a little little irked behind the scenes when when we asked him to tell us what this <laughs> listener mail would be about. I think Matt eventually just went fine mm. hypnosis but yeah <laughs> but, but uh, and then we have we have another um, uh, a thread from our Facebook page here's where it gets crazy They don't want to spoil just yet. Uh, Noel I think I I saw the same email that caught your eye, but you dug a little deeper on this one, right?
2: Yeah, just a little bit. Um, it, it's it, it's really just kind of a fun, silly story. And also about like, gosh, in, in the age, the very relatively recent age of it seemingly not being that hard to like infiltrate the White House or rather, you know, government buildings, let us say, on Capitol Hill. Maybe the White House is a little trickier, but uh, there's a story Luckily, it's not anybody with nefarious intent, but um, we heard from a listener who I will call Steve, um, who wrote thusly. Hello, gentlemen and lady. Uh, I'm wondering if you'd heard about the story uh, of someone online contacting various legitimate news agencies, including the Plane Dealer, CQ Roll Call, and the Washington Blade. Um, Sorry, I said Blade really weird, but I'm going to... Go with it, uh, and ask for you know press credentials essentially to ask questions of President Biden's press secretary named Jen Psaki. Guessing the P Asylum. I have not heard this uh, name spoken yet. Um, the person in question, um, Steve writes, uh, has the name Casey Lego Montague, uh, and she supposedly represented the new group White House News, even though there is no such group. The questions, on the other hand, were legitimate, such as things like COVID-19 travel bans, ambassadorships, uh, any reactions to the Microsoft uh, hack and President Biden's current relationship with President Barack Obama. Um, The report does not go into detail on the answers. This person may have been shifty in their way of asking questions, but they do seem like questions people would like to hear the answers to. I see this as nothing more than getting a shout out at the end of a podcast and the person uh, who did this, uh, getting a fist bump from, from Steve. Uh, to Casey Lego Montague, I tip my hat. Uh, thank you, gentlemen and lady, uh, for making a great podcast that I look forward to every weekday. Steve from Ohio. Steve from Ohio. Um, yeah, and this is totally true. Uh, and apparently that Lego was was not for nothing, that middle name there. Um, this person, Casey Montague, is an online uh, le- Lego gamer? And a lot of this does stem back to uh, COVID protocols, because um, according to this Politico article, four times uh, in the recent uh, weeks, members of the White House press corps have asked questions on behalf of colleagues who could not be there or claiming their colleagues were unable to be there um, due to COVID restrictions uh, and protocols. Um, And it's a particular colleague. And that colleague goes by the name Casey Montague. And does not exist hmm. and is, is, is in fact, you know, well, at least at the very least is not a reporter. Um, so, yeah, this identity has been kind of popping up here and there in the White House for a while now. Um, and that's all correct. What what uh, what Steve said, the outlet is uh, White House news, which is not a real thing. Um, and refers to it as W.H.N. And uh, yeah, this this individual has two actual Twitter handles, which are followed by a lot of top White House uh, actual staffers and journalists, Um, and also has filed Freedom of Information Act requests to obtain uh, Saki's personal financial disclosure forms, along with uh, disclosure forms tied to um, at least one other official that Politico found out about, uh, and that is the President's National Security Advisor, Jake Sullivan. Um, yeah, Montague is, is so, I guess, just kind of a phantom at this point, right?
0: Yeah, it's pretty I, cool. Just being able to sneak in there, get some questions off over time, get out. That's, I mean, it's pretty amazing, Yeah. Uh, but also terrifying that security is <laughs> that lacks or duped to that easily. Uh, one, one point of contention, though, I believe this person was a Roblox player. That's right. That's right. Uh, It says says, the
2: Politico piece goes on to to report that they believe that Montague, um, their activities uh, were nothing short of a weird flex for their online gaming platform of choice, which is Roblox. Um, Which is not Lego, sir. That's right, Matt. But I don't know if you know this. Clearly, you're not a Roblox uh, enthusiast. Apparently, Roblox... Players jokingly refer to themselves as Legos.
0: Well, well, yeah, because they know they're not, and they th- it's a joke. Exactly. Just saying. I, well, I'm just saying it's a nod. You
2: know, it's like PogChamps and Twitch community or whatever. You know, it's like uh, this jargon these kids have. I'm confused though. Did this person actually show up? In person, because the uh, the Politico article says four times in recent weeks, members of the White House press corps have relayed questions to Press Secretary Jen Psaki from someone claiming to be a reporter who is not able to be there in the room due to covid protocols.
1: I it's I don't believe they have met these reporters in person. That's because you'll see it's it's all phrased or couched as in communication with Mm. colleagues or confidants. This is an industry, and because of the size of it, right? like imagine you work for a presidential administration and your job's to keep an eye on the news and analyze it, synthesize it, evaluate, digest it, etc. Then you're just going to start scooping up anything that feels like it considers itself a legitimate news source, even if you don't. I mean, make no mistake, there's someone in the White House keeping an eye on InfoWars, They probably they're not keeping as close an eye on it as they would say the editorial board of the New York Times, but they're they're definitely trying to get as much information about reporters and about reporting outlets as they can. This uh, I I think I can say this now. I mentioned it a little bit off air. Uh, The statute of limitations has passed for whatever number of crimes I committed in doing this, Mm -hmm. but. I impersonated a reporter uh, and got to interview a former political candidate, former uh, presidential candidate Howard Dean a number of years ago. And their security was cartoonishly lax. Maybe I just looked like I might be a legit reporter from the local newspaper that I totally made up. But I literally what I did, guys. I had one of those little notebooks I always carry, and I took the. I was wearing a baseball cap, or I had one in my car. You know, you always have like a couple of changes of clothes in your car and stuff. So I I had a baseball.
0: Everybody, everybody has that. Yep. Well, everybody
1: should. Uh, So (laughs) is that in your go bag, or is that
2: like a separate thing?
1: Yeah, no, it's a modular. Okay, I don't want to get us in the weeds, (laughs) but but so I had this. I had this hat, and uh, I don't know where this baseball cap came from. I still have it. It's a Steelers cap. And so I turned it backwards. And I was like, boom, this is my Clark Kent to Superman move. I'm a reporter now. And I asked Howard Dean if I could ask him some questions. And I didn't immediately like Zach Galifianakis, Eric Andre this, because I didn't think I would get that far. So like partway through this conversation was maybe 20 minutes, which was a lot of time for the guy who's running for president. Um, but I think eventually his handlers realized that I had no idea what I was doing. I was just making this up. But wait, anyway, long story short, you know there were no consequences for me. They said, "Okay, you just have to move on." I didn't have a press pass. Everybody hmm. else had a press pass. No one checked me for that. I walked in and out of this restricted area by just looking very busy on my notepad. This the social engineering is real, and yeah. this makes me wonder, Noel. Did Montague expect to get this far? Because I certainly didn't. Mm. I would
2: think no. This sounds like the kind of prank. I wonder if Montague's a child. <laughs> Quite possibly. <laughs> I got it because kids, he's, I mean, he's, you know, my kid, like she's up on all this stuff, all this kind of questions. Uh, and honestly, I bet a kid reporter sometimes would probably asks better questions than some of these adult reporters. But that's just me and my hot take. Uh, that's not a diss on on journalists. I think journalists are great, but I think you know obviously there's uh, certain agendas and all that stuff. Um, but I think it's a fabulous story, and and uh, we we don't know who Montague is other than that they're a fan of Roblox. And I will tell you, Roblox is played predominantly by tweens and teens. You know, mm-hmm. it's not really really a whole lot of like grown adults playing Roblox. Well, um, there's a.
0: Uh, mm. Maybe I'm, that's not true. Maybe that's I'm, not true. no. I'm just was gonna say I, that's one of the dangers of having a a massive online game where there are a lot of tweens and teens also playing with people who may be adults, and you never know. Oh, that's creepy. I don't want to think about that anymore. Okay, that, let's stop. okay, that is true. Um,
2: not 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 something to take lightly for sure. Uh, but yeah, there again, there there's all these Twitter accounts. This is part of the kind of the breadcrumbs that this person has left. Uh, one of them it says Casey Lego Montague. Um, has been doing a little back and forth with some other Twitter users, but there's no picture, you know, to identify what anything about this person. Mm. The only thing that's there right now is uh, in a nod to a previous uh, Strange News episode we did. Um, the background is of the late Prince Philip, and the avatar used is uh, Trisha uh, Paites, who's like a, a big YouTube person. So again... <laughs> roblox and follower of youtube influencer types not even no not even an influence let's see what this trisha pipe this is all about i'm willing to bet that if i haven't heard of her it's the kind of person like that my kid would be into and all these like twitch streamers and stuff it's totally under my radar uh let's see oh okay she looks like kind of like a train wreck, real housewives type person. So anyway, the jury's
0: still out, but um, I think we could take a quick pause after that one, guys. What do you think? (laughs) Yeah. Ben, was your run in before or after the incident? You know?
1: Yeah, it was. (laughs) It was before. Uh, That's my only regret.
2: (laughs) All right. Just had to ask. All right. Well, we hatch up some more uh, weird trolling the government schemes of our own. We're going to take a quick break and then be right back with more listener mail.
1: each.
0: Visit LiveNation.com slash to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash to buy now.
3: Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire.
4: There's a lot happening these days,
3: but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time.
0: Terminix it.
1: Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today.
0: That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today
2: okay we're back uh, and, and really quickly i just want to say the youtuber that i was talking about before the break trisha paytas uh now uses they them pronouns just wanted to be respectful of that this is literally a day-old story so i uh, didn't want to misgender anybody so sorry ben
1: yeah yeah right on we have returned Uh, We're going into a story I wanted to share with everyone, a discussion we talked about off air. Uh, This is a little bit different. I want to try something new uh, with you, fellow conspiracy realists. I want to bring many of you along in this segment. We talk about our Facebook group. Here's where it gets crazy. And we've been doing an okay job keeping up with the phone banks, but I wanted to give our Facebook page a little bit of TLC because I read something very interesting from Casper W. And let me give you Casper's post, and then we can start uh, talking about some of the troubling implications of what Casper is, is asking here. Casper says, Hi, first-time poster, long-time listener. I have a five-year-old son, and we're learning how to spell words. And I suggested we play Hangman, until he asked what it was. That's when I realized I never knew how dark of a game it is until I was explaining this thing to my kids. I said, you have to guess the correct letters of a word or a phrase before a man gets hanged. So we literally played a game that depicted a man being lynched in grade school and no one batted an eye. I'm paraphrasing a little bit here. So I guess, says Casper, my question for our esteemed podcast host and community is what is the dark side of other games we all played in our youth that wouldn't or shouldn't be allowed today? Thank you, Casper. There are Fantastic responses, we can share some of these from your fellow conspiracy realists, but before we do, noel Matt, Doc, have you all ever thought of this i was I was surprised that I had never thought of the game in that way.
2: I haven't really thought of that game much at all in a long time since I was a kid, probably
0: yeah it is a it's a weird concept of explaining regular things. That are in our lives that we just haven't thought about since we were kids. They just exist. But then explaining that to a young person, and the way uh, the way Casper did, I'm gonna think about this while we're continuing to talk. If there's anything else that comes to mind, but right now, same. I can't think of anything. My dogs are doing something. Playing hangman. And I think maybe it's a very vicious game of hangman. <laughs>
1: right uh, they're they're trying Jeez. to spell wolf <laughs>
4: <laughs> now there was definitely some point when i was an adult when i randomly thought about that and i'm like huh that's kind of up but like <laughs> i don't remember what the context was same thing with other things that like when you're a kid you're like oh this is cool like peppy lepew and his antics that like when you're an adult you're like it's kind of weird not a game but just a thought
1: mm-hmm yeah, that's, that's exactly where this conversation is going. Doc Holiday, mind reader. I, I feel like this brings up two concepts. And gaming is one of those concepts, but it's a smaller part of the larger thing, which is just how sinister so many seemingly innocent, you know, cartoons, games, songs, rituals of childhood Appear when you look back on them as an adult. Uh, it was in conversations with our friend, I believe it was the Bakeologist who had uh, supplied us those awesome cookies last year. Uh, oh about, I still have
0: two in my cabinet, by the way. Nice. I, I had to eat one of mine, but I do have the other one as a keepsake.
1: <laughs> so uh, thank you again, Bakeologist. But uh, I, I believe it was you who, <clears throat> it may have been you, it may have been someone else who noticed noted that there is a, a a weird approach to games that we take in the Western world. A game seems to necessitate uh, a winner and a loser in an often cutthroat competition. But when you think about it, that's not really how games have to be. And when we look at some of the world's most popular games, or some of the games we all remember uh, as kids, we see some crazy stuff. Uh, I'd like to shout out Sean M., who responded to Casper's post by saying, Chess, sacrifice whatever it takes to complete a targeted killing so long as your aristocracy survives. Wow. That's brilliant. Chess? Yeah, <laughs> I guess it's definitely one way of looking at it.
0: <laughs> yeah, just save the king, whatever you do. No matter, no matter what the collateral damage.
1: Right, and some of those pieces are literally meant to die. That's why they're on the board. But the uh, there's another one. Uh, Samantha H. brought up something I was not aware of concerning the history of cakewalks. Uh, we all know Uh-oh. what a cakewalk is. Uh, so according to Samantha, I haven't done too much research on this, uh, she says, my elementary school used to do cakewalks to raise money for various things, and I just learned recently that it actually comes from The era of slavery, making enslaved people dance to earn a cake for the amusement of slave owners. Uh, Really? This is so awful. So many lighthearted activities have such dark, uh, lots of racist roots. I had never heard this before either. Yeah. Oh, no.
2: Holy cow. Yeah, this is one of those Googles that will take you down a nasty rabbit hole. Literally just type in history of cakewalk. uh, And it is, it's terrible. It's like slaves dressed up uh in you know finery basically but clearly as some sort of like macabre kind of like you know show um parading around you know with this like giant cake in the middle uh there's so many images if you tie it's all oh my god it's very disturbing but but very fascinating and so Mm -hmm. many historical images tied to this i had no idea
1: yeah this is this reminds me of our previous work on on the uh, darker side of things that are generally considered good, like the Sierra Club. Uh, also, there's one I was aware of, Miranda Giselle A. talks about Ring Around the Rosie. And and you guys have probably heard the issue with Ring Around the Rosie. Because
0: yeah. it's about killing,
2: dying? It's about getting at some sort of it's like plague, right? Is it about yeah. some sort of form of plague?
1: Yeah, the 1665 Great Plague of London. That is what that children's nursery rhyme is is about, Uh, and you can see, you know, so many nursery rhymes, especially those that are European in origin, harken back to really weird historical events. Like, Baba Black Sheep is about the medieval wool tax. Okay. but Okay. (laughs) What about Duck,
2: Duck, Goose? Is Duck, Duck, Goose okay, you guys? Come on, don't ruin this. Don't take this from me, please. I highly doubt it.
1: I mean, if there's any pattern here, I... (laughs) I don't know. I'm afraid to search for it on Brave, uh, even though Brave is pretty decent. Uh, it's powered by Tor, baby. You can do it. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. That's the tagline. No, no,
2: no. It's fine. Duck,
1: Duck, Goose
2: originated in Scandinavia, and it was a game for, taught for, to teach children how to be patient and creative and clever.
1: Oh, good. We can, can have miss. that one. <laughs> for Duck, Duck, Goose. So there's also this idea that balloon animals, this comes from Grant S., Uh, the practice of making balloon animals uh, may have some roots in Aztec rituals. This one is unconfirmed, to be clear, but uh, Grant and some folks are trying to figure out whether it's true that ancient Aztecs would take intestines of animals or people and make decorative shapes out of them. But far be it for us to judge the Aztecs without having solid proof of this, we do know, or at least I, I like to think, that most Most uh, Americans today are very well aware just how many childhood songs or chants were originally quite racist in origin, and then had you know had certain racial epithets changed to animals Mm -hmm. like 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 uh, like "Eeny, meeny, miny, mo." Yes, exactly like that one. You know these these phrases were much more common uh, not too long ago, which is why. The famous mystery novel by Agatha Christie is known as Ten Little Indians Today. That is not the original title. And it's strange, right? Super strange. And I mean, there's, all, there's phrases that
2: thankfully, I mean, with all our best intentions and just in general, I think we're all dudes that never, ever intend to say anything or accidentally even, you know, step in any territory that people would find offensive or in any way you know, dismissive in any, whether racially or by gender or whatever. Um, but there are little things that we get stuck in our vernacular that we have only just recently realized are somewhat problematic, and you have to like kind of train yourself not to say those things anymore. I do still think context is king, and it's all in the usage of things, but, I mean, certain things, words and phrases and, you know, games even, I think probably should be canceled.
0: But, um, yeah. It really is know. a situation where... You just gotta educate yourself. Oh, I can't I can't stop doing it, Ben. I'm sorry.
1: How dare you? How dare you, Matt. You know, uh, for everybody listening, there was a time a while ago when when Matt and I were friends. Like we would hang out. Oh, the glory days. Uh we would we would talk about non-work stuff, but that uh, you I, I get it. I pick it up what you're putting down, Matt. It's over. Uh <clears throat> all right. So we have we have more uh, examples out there. I, I do recommend checking out Here's Where It Gets Crazy uh, and seeing this post because you can maybe share some of your own experiences or you can send your stories directly to us. Uh, we encourage you to do so. I personally, I love uh, hearing about this because it's a form of hidden history. And history is really, as as I've said before, history is not static. It is an ongoing conversation. History is a palimpsest. That's the best visual metaphor. Uh, These things that happen may be written over, but they never really disappear. And you can learn so much about the present day by learning the origins of the things that we take for granted. Uh, With that being said, I know that's a little heavy and pretentious and philosophical, Whatever. But with that being said, I thought it would be appropriate to end on one of my favorite lines from uh, this thread. I will give this completely arbitrary award uh, for favorite comment to you, Eric A., who, when asked about Sinister Games, responded by saying, Twister is just sex in a box. (laughs) Ha ha! (laughs) That's my time, Uh, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to pause for a uh, word from our sponsor. Tip your server. Uh, We'll be back with one more piece of listener mail.
3: So, visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials
0: for one of those candidates, young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. Terminix
1: it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today.
0: That's T E R M I N I X.com to book online today. Left hand blue. Oh, yeah. Okay, uh, we're back, everybody. Um, it's a twister callback, so don't be disturbed, everyone. Um, yeah,
2: say it in a sexy voice. Sex like,
1: Left hand blue. Oh, tonight all right. on The Quiet Storm. Let's <laughs> go for
0: a spin. You know what? Speaking of, uh, let's go to... This is a mini... Uh, this is a, a mini voicemail. We're we're not going to even really address this one, but we're going to play it right now. You ready for it? Hit me.
4: Hi, this is Ronil, and I'm calling from my landline, from my cabin in the middle of the forest, and I just wanted to let you know that you both have the sexiest voices and i just love listening to you talk about conspiracy theories with your sexy voices especially when the deeper voiced guy goes hmm" in his deep voice love it
1: oh no come on man all right
4: <laughs> come
0: on it's perfect it's okay perfect. all right all
1: right you know Les ben right no that's me
2: oh is that you I, well, that's not true. We both say mm-hmm. I can't tell. <laughs> mm. I definitely do say it though, and Ben I, does too. And I what do you mean, the both of us? Who is, there's three of us. Which one is she
0: talking about? I, I couldn't help but think about it when uh, when Ben went left hand
1: blue. <laughs> I think I um, well. First off, uh, thanks so much. Thanks for, so much for checking out the show and giving us a call. Um, I am tempted to think that last person is supposed to be me. Because uh some of our other fellow listeners turned uh, my habit of saying mm-hmm into a drinking game. So mm-hmm. I hope mm-hmm. that everyone is I do it too, ben. Do Feeling do it too. better. I hope no one got alcohol poisoned. <laughs> you, you don't
2: you don't get to own mm-hmm, Ben. You don't get to own it. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't own it. I don't own
1: it. I'm just the person when I, I from the YouTube days. Uh, and in our earlier, yeah, you were our producer on those. The same mm, forever. It's just my way that's of fair. showing our colleagues and people in conversation that I am listening to them as active listening. I think that's a good thing to do. No, no,
4: yeah, I, I, I
2: agree, Ben. I agree. I'm just I'm teasing, but I'm just saying it's funny because I do find myself also saying mm, a lot and
0: I also in a low voice. All right, so. all right, all right, guys. All right. <laughs> The jury is out. So that was a uh, playing aside. (laughs) Let's go to our actual voicemail.
2: What? That wasn't it? No.
1: (laughs) It is, by the way. I'm pretty sure it's 100% me just because of that drinking game. But you know what? (laughs) We all have, well, we all actually have really weirdly distinctive voices. Have you guys noticed that?
0: She didn't say anything about the guy that cackles all the time and, and yells at his dog. So I'm feeling a I'm feeling good.
4: <laughs> Sounds like you all need to have an mm-hmm off. <laughs> oh, no,
1: please don't. <laughs>
4: have a contest. <laughs> Let's uh, let How,
1: Howard Stern. No, never mind. Okay. She was talking about Paul Mission <laughs> Control Decant.
0: That's, That's what right. it was. Yeah. Um but his hey silence
1: we, is deafening.
0: But hey, we've got a different voicemail we're going to play now. Uh this this voicemail I'm gonna lead it with this. Uh, this person says, as a quote, it worked. I don't know how it worked, but it worked. Okay, let's let's listen.
4: Hi, uh, my name is Nora. I was just listening to your um, episode on hypnosis on the Texas Rangers. <laughs> Hypnotizing people and laughing because I'm from Texas. and Anyway, I just think it's weird. I just wanted to uh, maybe share my story. When I was a kid, I was hypnotized to alleviate a medical condition that didn't respond to any traditional treatments. And, um, it's a long story and I think it's really interesting. I've never known anybody else. I know that it's done, but I don't know anybody else or haven't met anybody else who's actually been through that. And you guys can give me a call if you want to hear my story to talk about that side of hypnosis and how the mind works and it's really, really cool. So anyway, <laughs> I hope I'm not from you guys. I love your show. Thanks. Your podcast.
1: Oh yeah, the, part, the podcast. <laughs> awesome. Keep that part in. Uh that's that's great. You no, know, uh Matt, when uh, when we were getting geared up to record the show today, you actually had uh, you, you actually had us speak to Nora directly.
0: Yes, I was on the phone with Nora uh, just I was trying to talk to her right before we started recording because she mentions, you know, it's a long story, right? And my brain was go, oh, I I need to learn more about this. So we ended up talking for quite a while. Sorry you missed it, Noel. We were, um, I was talking to her separately, and then just happened to jump on the Zoom while I was finishing that conversation. Got uh, it. But uh, let let me let's talk a little bit more about this before we jump in. Have you guys ever heard of? Hypnotherapy being used to cure a physical condition, like something dealing, uh, something that a dermatologist would deal uh, with.
1: Okay. Uh, no. Yeah, I have. I I think the most common form of hypnotherapy for a physical condition would be something that is both physical and psychological, such as addiction, right, to tobacco, uh, addiction to alcohol or, or other drugs of that ilk. But uh, this sounds like you're talking about a, a skin condition, possibly eczema, something like that, maybe?:
0: uh, uh, Yeah, a skin condition. I, I My brain goes to exactly where yours just went, thinking about addiction, uh, hypnotherapy for that kind of thing, convincing, using that technique to convince someone that they don't need a substance or, you know, to think about something else when that addictive thing begins to occur. In Nora's We're- case.
1: Oh, I just want to point out. I'm also drinking a carafe of coffee as we. Oh, sure. Uh,
0: monster uh, Paradise, Ultra Paradise, delicious. Um, monster Energy, all the stuff you want and don't want at the same time, and it's great and terrible but wonderful. Okay, so Nora was five or six years old. And she was dealing with warts on her hands. She said there there was significant wart growth on her hands. And she had been to several doctors in a small town. And the doctors, you know, they would do the painful treatments that many of us, probably you have experienced before with some kind of growth. I used to get them in, under my armpits back of my neck. They would literally use a scalpel or scissors to cut off a wart. Uh,
1: yeah. La, 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 la.
0: And it would bleed like crazy. and It was really gross or they Tick. would freeze. They would freeze them. Mm-hmm. A lot of times I had a couple on my hands that were frozen off when I was younger. She said that she went to several doctors, physicians that did these treatments on her and the warts would grow back and more, ro- more warts would grow. And it was just a terrible situation. They were on, I think their third or fourth doctor visit. Uh, like this is again, Nora as a five or six year old with her mom and they were just asking another physician, what can you do for this besides these things that don't work? And it was a father and son general practitioner office, at least according to Nora's recollection and conversations with her mother. The son was talking to them when the father was like listening, I guess around the corner and he kind of peeked his head in and was like, Hey, I got a little something different that we could try. Mom, you down? And uh, Nora's mom said, okay, let's try it. They went into his office, and <laughs> and he sat Nora down, this uh, very young child. The mom was there with her in the room, and the doctor said quietly and calmly, I want you to interlace your fingers. So Wait, put your I'm fingers together. This. Okay. Yeah, we're we're doing this. And All then right. he said, I want you to stretch your arms out as high as they can go. So you, she stretched her arms as high oh, as she like, could stretch them. Oh, and okay, then, kind of like ballerina style. Ballerina style. And then he asked her to separate her fingers. And she could not. And she remembers distinctly not being able to separate her fingers. Hmm. And then slowly and methodically he transitioned to, okay, now I want you to separate your fingers. And she separated her fingers, and I guess he put her into a hypnotic state pretty quickly, at least to her recollection. And after that, Nora went to multiple other sessions with this doctor and her mother. And over the course of not a long time, her warts completely went away, according to both her and her mother. Hmm. And my, you know, my thoughts are how? How? Right. How is this possible? This can't be a thing. There's no way in the world that this could possibly be a thing. Hypnosis being used to suggest to a person or to a person's dermis or epidermis to change the way it's functioning. I, I was hugely, hugely skeptical, and I still am to a large extent. But Nora is absolutely convinced that this is what cured her warts. I see.
1: Um, okay. Uh, this, the thing is, we know that there is, uh, we, we know that there are studies on hypnotherapy as a treatment for warts, which I just learned, by the way, are called Veruca vulgaris, which yeah, sounds yeah. like a, warts. a background singer in Guar. It's also
2: um, what the character in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory is named after. Veruca Salt was uh, like I guess I, mean, I don't know maybe it was just a combination of two words, but a veruca is like a pustule or a boil or Ooh.
1: a wart. We it, it does it does seem strange because the the science the the science it seems to be confirmed in some places, but then. Um, people have problems with some of the studies earlier. I, I I think the biggest takeaway for anybody who's not a hypnotherapist or a doctor is that modern science is still struggling to understand the relationship between the mind and the body. And we know we know that these two categories, these two things, can influence each other in a reciprocal way, like your your gut biome can have an effect on your mind, on your mental function. That sounds really weird, but it is also really true. So to me, it's not out of the realm of possibility that self-hypnosis or uh, professional hypnotherapy could mitigate some physical conditions, especially if they're caused by um, something someone is mentally experiencing, like anxiety. Or stress, you yeah. know, when people, like their uh, hives might flare up, right? Because they're very stressed. You remove the yeah. stress, the hives dissipate.
0: I could totally see that. I, I guess I just didn't see the correlation between, I guess, the warts and something mentally that was going on, some something psychologically going on. Because I, I would be skeptical that your mind could influence your gut bacteria. Oh, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know about right? that
2: specifically, but some things like shingles, for example, are caused by stress often mm-hmm.
1: uh,
2: and that is literally i mean it's not the same as a wart but it's a it's a breakout uh, of unusual you know kind of bumps and it can it can manifest differently but uh every time i've known someone that's gotten shingles it's usually surrounding some sort of very stressful time in their life mm-hmm. and it's pretty mm-hmm. pretty common uh explanation
0: yeah so um i i want to jump to those some of the things you're mentioning there ben in just one moment i just quickly wanted to mentioned a couple of things I brought up with Nora on the phone that we discussed. The first one was that I thought maybe she was being given some kind of topical ointment or cream alongside the hypnotherapy or some kind of pill or medication alongside the the other stuff. Mm-hmm. But she swears that she wasn't uh, and her she believes that her mom, she, she's spoken with her mom about this a ton. It was like a story they used to tell all the time about how the warts got cured. Um, the mom doesn't think there was any other treatment or can't recall because this was 40 something years ago when this occurred. Um, the other thing was that I thought perhaps the doctor had suggested some kind of diet change or some kind of, you know, product oh. change, you know, like a type of soap or some topical thing that's going on her hands all the time, changing pH, le- pH levels or changing somehow the chemistry of her skin and the, oil- the natural oils. That is also something they can't recall or they don't believe occurred. At least to the family, to Nora and her mother, they believe that whatever the hypnosis sessions did, that's what caused it. And I I want to jump to the thing you were talking about, Ben, because you can go to places like, I'm just going to give a URL, Jeff, J-E-F-F, Lazarus, Mm L-A-Z-A-R-U-S-M-D.com, and you can check out, you know, Patient testimonials from Jeffrey E. Lazarus, MD, who offers medical hypnosis for things like warts. Uh, he, he says he can use medical hypnosis to re- permanently remove warts. Okay, uh,
1: I, I was thinking. I, I also found some stuff from uh, PubMed. Yes, which uh, I you know is is pretty legit or tends to be so. Uh, it looked like they. It looks like a. One DMUN is reporting 41 consecutive cases of hypnotherapy used as a treatment for warts with 33 cures.
0: Yeah, and that's from 92. And then even in 88, yeah, in 88, there's a case report of a child with warts uh, and how there were 82 common warts on this one 7-year-old female removed through Jeez. hypnotic suggestion. And it says, this is what it says in the abstract. It states that hypnotic suggestions were given for the facial warts to disappear before the warts from the rest of the body. After two weeks, eight of 16 facial warts were gone with no other changes.
2: Is, is the implication that they shriveled up or that they like dropped off or what? I guess disappeared. I
0: don't um, know.
1: Worked. Digested like. by the skin?
0: Exactly. Perhaps. Okay. Interesting. Hmm. Uh, after three additional biweekly sessions, all 82 warts were gone. Ooh, um, well that's
1: that's good news.
0: Yeah, but that's one report, right? Um, right. the The other one talks about 41 consecutive cases. So, like, that's pretty significant.
1: Uh, it also taught me a term I had never heard before. I'm I'm getting increasingly on board with this. I'm not going to say I'm 100% certain of the efficacy in all cases yet, but just in this short span of time, I'm getting more and more pro-hypnotherapy for warts, or should I say pro-psychodermatology? I'm so predictable. All I need is a cool-sounding word. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's legit. Psychodermatology. Oh. I love that. I think that's
2: great. I-, I wanted to ask you guys what you think. Like, Is hypnosis and hypnotherapy... is it in the same realm as say something like Reiki, which is like, you know, meant to impart like a force upon the body. And I understand that the hypnosis is meant to hijack your brain and cause your brain to do the thing. But I know there's still a lot of like questions around, around whether it works or not. And I think maybe the jury is still out as to whether like science has completely embraced hypnosis. Right. I just wondered what you guys thought, if there were any parallels there in your mind.
1: Yeah, uh, that's a good question. So, hypnosis has efficacy and it has credibility, depending upon the application it's involved right. with. So, I'd be right. very, I'd be very skeptical of any kind of hypnotic regression, even with the best of intentions on the part of the hypnotizer. But with this, it's interesting. Mayo Clinic proceedings for uh, you know when they studied what's called hypnodermatology related to psychodermatology, uh, they said that, quote, a review of the use of hypnosis in dermatology supports its value for many skin conditions not believed to be under conscious control. So, ethics aside, then, the best way to test this would be to see if you could hypnotize someone who doesn't have warts into having warts.
2: Uh how dastardly. (laughs) At that point, it's almost more like witchcraft or something, you know? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Well, but maybe it explains witchcraft, right? That's what I'm saying. Well, it's all the power of belief. That's my point, you know? I think with enough uh, belief within oneself that a given spell or incantation is possible and is, in fact, acting upon you, your brain could potentially have some sort of psychosomatic reaction.
1: Hmm agreed yeah i mean this i don't know if you thought we were going to go uh to this direction with with you nora but there is an australian practice or there was an australian practice of pointing the bone at people and you guys may have heard about this if someone committed a great uh, a great sin or broke a taboo then they could be in traditional Australian communities, subjected to a type of execution called kurdaicha. K-U-R-D-A-I-T-C-H-A. That sounds intense. Just based on
2: the consonant sounds alone. (laughs) (laughs) Right,
1: right. They're coming in with some hard hard consonants there. The idea is that through the power of the mind, uh, a holy man, a holy person, can charge this uh, ritualistic bone and through pointing this at the victim, they they will create a curse. And when someone is cursed by having this bone pointed at them, by this execution method, which is what it's considered, uh, they become listless, apathetic, they don't eat, they don't sleep. Their death often occurs within mere days of being cursed. Which is interesting because it means dehydration and starvation alone cannot explain it. So it is possible then. We'll get back. We're getting back to words. I promise. But it is absolutely possible then for uh, for someone's mind to be powerful enough to cease their bodily functions because they believed that they were legitimately cursed. So you could, if you can control your own ability to die. In that regard, then warts can't be that hard, right? It's like an auto shutdown button.
0: That's yeah, that's I can see it. And we've talked yeah. about the the power of belief a lot on this show. So if 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 you can convince, if a hypnotherapist could convince you that you don't have warts, would they go away? Hmm. Could I also convince you that you don't have
2: bad breath, and you could have fresh minty breath without having to actually brush your teeth? I think they'd have to
1: hypnotize the bacteria. Yeah. Which is interesting. Well,
0: Well, hey, uh, guys, this turned out to be a great conversation, just as I think we were all hoping it would. I was certainly hoping it would after hearing that initial message. Uh, I just want to say thanks to Nora for calling us, leaving that message, telling that story, and uh, talking with us. And thank you to everybody else who we talked about today. Yes, thanks to Steve.
2: Uh, for hipping us to this potential small child, medium child, that's uh, trolling the White House press corps, but also asking some hard-hitting questions that we need to hear the answers to. Really quickly, guys, I just want to say, if Ben gets a drinking game for every time he says, hmm, can Mac get one for every time he says, wow? That's not Shut up to us. That's up
1: to the other part of the show, the <laughs> listeners. Let us know. Uh, yeah, While I, pointing I, the I like bone the right at me. <laughs> <laughs> there are too many, too many bones on the dance floor right now, guys. We gotta, we gotta point ourselves toward the end of the show. Thank you very much to Casper. Thank you to everyone. Uh, on here's where it gets crazy. Best part of a show. Our fellow conspiracy realists. I so very much want to hear about the stuff you saw in your childhood that you later realized was sinister. Doc had an excellent example with Pepe Le Pew, but there are other examples out there. There's a really weird scene in a Mark Twain claymation thing where they talk to Satan. Uh, There are a lot of 1930s cartoons that look positively Mm. occult, arguably are.
2: Yeah, Pepe Le Pew is basically like a rapey Terminator. Really strange. And and by the way I say psychedelic a lot so that can be my drinking game.
1: And let us know uh either on that thread or just calling us contacting us directly what sinister things you saw in childhood what your take on hypnosis is and uh let us know the times that you have impersonated reporters. I feel like we we've all been there. Uh, we try to be easy to find online. We've got Facebook, Twitter, uh, all, all the good ones, all the hits, all that, all the slow jazz. Uh, but if you don't like social media, you can also call us directly.
2: That's right. You can reach us at 1-833-STD-WYTK. 3 minutes of the time, uh, your time to shine. Leave us a message. Tell us a story. Ask us a question. Uh, anything that you think would be appropriate to include on one of our weekly listener mail episodes. The one like the one you just finished listening to. If you don't want to be on one, maybe write us an email. You can certainly, you know, do the voicemail as well, but try to stick to the three minutes and just let us know what to call you. And please do let us know if you definitely don't want us to use it because we like to use them because y'all are great.
0: Yes. And remember youtube.com slash conspiracy stuff. That is where you can find all of our videos that have ever occurred on stuff. They don't want you to know, including these conversations. Check it out now. If you'd like, we'd love to see you over there and please please feel free to leave us a review on your podcatcher of choice, particularly on Apple podcasts. We'd love to see more reviews on there if possible. If you got the time, I'll be like, wow,
4: yeah.
1: thanks. I know you will. <laughs> I'll find it incredibly psychedelic. Um, and I'll make a deal with you folks. Uh, if the spirit so moves you and you write a review, if you put in something that uh, makes me chuckle. Uh, and, or is an inside joke? Uh, then you might just end up on the air. Uh, so, oh. <laughs> so we're incentivizing now. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. right.
2: Yes, indeed. And I think there's nothing wrong with a good incentive.
0: All right, guys, let's do this. We're gonna say we're gonna say the email in order, like consecutively in order, uh, for our previous caller. You ready? <laughs> uh, I'll get started. You can always email us. We are conspiracy at iheartradio.com.
1: Conspiracy at iheartradio.com. You can always email us 24 7, 365 days a year, and our good old fashioned email address, where we are conspiracy at iheartradio.com. Do you
0: want to give one last?
1: Mm hmm. Mm hmm. <laughs>